0: From the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing, this is World of Wonders' WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the WOW Report, where we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. Uh, I'm Fender Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined this week by some very special guests. So, normally, James St. James is here, But he had so much fun getting ready for DragCon. He fell over, broke his arm, and is convalescing. So we send him lots of love and um, a speedy recovery. And Tom Campbell is out on a secret mission. So very excited to welcome Blake to the show, the producer who's normally somewhat. Hi,
1: Blake.
0: Hi. Uh, Stephen Horbelt, who um, has a very special reveal coming up later in the show. is and... that kind of
1: reveal? Because he looks really hot. He looks really <laughs> like, well, he right. is like He's Daddy AF, I think the kids say. Good
0: time to mention that if you're listening on the radio, you can also see our glowing dewy faces on uh, our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. So you can watch this um
2: these shenanigans Mm -hmm. uh,
0: with with all the extra bits that we cut out Mm -hmm. for
2: sanity's sake um, Mm -hmm. on YouTube. I will not be showing my extra bits though, just so we're all. Okay,
1: (laughs) interest waning. This is where I leave you. I think it's the name (laughs) of a movie and my sentiment at the moment.
0: And you've already heard his dulcet turns the man who needs no introduction, our two infrequent special guest, Alec Mapa.
1: Hello, how do you do? You know, when you do that intro earlier, I have been doing for the past two years. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Squirrel Friends, the Mm. official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. And you would not believe how difficult just saying that part is. I never get it right, and it's become a part of the show. So
0: let's kick it off. We're counting down the top 10 things 10. of the week that made us go wow. You, Alec, you kick us off at number 10 with telling us what you did last weekend.
1: Number 10. I went to DragCon um, and I saw all the queens up close and personal. I love that we talked, we had a brief talk earlier that they've become pop stars. And I love that. And it was um, a lot of women, a lot of kids, a lot of fans and To see how drag has risen up in pop culture, how it's gone in the time since Drag Race is on. In the book, And Don't Fuck It Up, an oral history of RuPaul's Drag Race, you you speak a great deal about how drag queens were regarded in the community and the community at large before Drag Race. And drag queens were kind of the butt of the joke. They were clowns. They were not – remember when they used to complain about drag queens at Pride? It mm. was always pride. Of, yeah, uh, drag queens. Are they a good representation of of uh, of of our community? And now they're brand global ambassadors. So that was beautiful to see. And, it was always
0: um, uh, at, at, at gay pride parades, it was always um, people complain about the drag queens and the fist fuckers.
3: Do you remember? The fist they fuckers, were like, yeah. Fist just like ruining
0: for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> isn't yeah. that well, in
3: your book, Screen Age, see uh, Fenton? Yeah. Enough, yes. Yeah, Speaking of Screen Age,
1: At DragCon, because I broke James St. James's arm, I got to interview Fenton on his brand new book that's out now called Screen Age, which is all about how um, television changed pop culture. And I broke James's arm because he forgot his safe word.
3: (laughs) It was Screen Age.
1: It was Screen Age. It was Screen Age. It was Green Rage. That was was, why you broke his arm. It was Screen (laughs) Rage. So. so it dragon is like it must be a meta experience for you because you literally created this monster. How what's that experience like for you? I think my favorite thing about dragon is
0: the Queen's Walk. I mean, you know, Me just seeing them all come down the pink carpet mm-hmm. is just I just wish we could do that every day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose just when we when we open. Um, it's their
1: curtain call.
0: But I love, and it sort of feels more and more like, you know, the United Nations of drag, that they come from, you know, multiple countries, and Mm. and what I love most is, like, the way the queens, like, see each other, they're excited to see each other, it's like a sort of, um,
2: you know, they're they're like a big family. international
1: um, sisterhood.
2: There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, as someone who wasn't the least bit interested in all of the coronation stuff, I would much rather watch these queens go down a pink carpet every day than any of the the royal family stuff in the UK. So
1: didn't that seem yeah, stupid? I just I I don't know if anybody here is a monarchist, but I, I saw that whole thing and I was like, what a waste of money.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why couldn't Charles just look engaged? Like
0: just have his game face on as opposed to looking grumpy and bored. Oh like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I said that he looked like that bratty kid at medieval times where <laughs> we were all forced to go to his birthday party. And he's just like, no, but he's here because they mean it like that. That's what he looked like to me. Right. It's
3: totally.
0: <sighs> well, the next Dragon is coming up in January uh, in
1: the UK, in London. Really? Oh. Yeah. And you've been to that one as well. And what's that like? Is it comparable? It is. The the
0: the the Brits are like um I was gonna say something. You know, but they're not they're not always as generous buying the merch as uh Oh, as, they're cheapskates. A little
2: bit, you <laughs> know.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. Well everything is more expensive over there. Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I had a trans man who was my handler at uh a Pensacon, a com- I was on a DC show called um uh, Doom Patrol. And so I went to a Comic-Con in Pensacola and this trans man from Alabama who talked like this would say when somebody came up to me they and, and talked for more than two minutes, they said, you want a picture? You want to buy something? Like it was just to keep it moving.
2: Moving it along. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I took him around at Con. And took him to see the queens. This this guy is he's so modest and he he doesn't have a lot of money, but he spent all this money to fly out here. So I basically took him trick or treating around DragCon, and it reminded me that we live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, he lives in a really part. He uh, was a really tough part of Florida where it's really tough to be an out trans man. And yeah. and he had so much love and acceptance for that. For the time that he was here, so that's what I really appreciated. Oh, that's so time. beautiful,
0: yeah. and um, it's really good news that the drag defense fund with ACLU I think it's now almost at 1.4 million raised. Okay, um, I think like 40,000 got raised at drag specifically. So that's really, oh wow, wow, really yeah, okay. Right? Thank you, everyone, for the support. It thank you,
1: thank you, everybody.
0: All right, well, let's go on to number nine. You see, there you go, ten followed by
1: nine, followed by nine. I keep forgetting. Listen, I, I used to drink.
3: Number nine. Stephen and I had never been to a music festival, so a couple of years ago, we decided let's go to Austin City Limits. We had a blast. We saw Molly Cyrus. We saw um, Billy Eilish. Megan so, The Stallion. Megan The Stallion. So this year, we decided we were going to go to the Just Like Heaven Festival at the Rose Bowl. Have you guys heard of the Just Like Heaven Festival?
1: I don't like people, so I don't go out. <laughs> so I well, really want to hear about your experience about being at the festival and what the crowd was like. What was that experience like? Well, for also, who were the artists?
3: Well, this festival is kind of niche. It's kind of like for millennials. It's kind of bands from two thousand seven ish to two thousand twelve ish. It was M eighty three, Peaches, Fever Ray, MGMT. The headliner was the Yeah Yeah Yes. Okay, Um, I know who
1: the I know who they are, and I know who Peaches are.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Peaches was amazing. Mm -hmm. She had Christine come out. You know, Christine. I love
1: Christine. Okay, so this is niche. So since those are all niche artists, was it a niche audience? Did did all the the freaks come out at night? Stephen, what
2: do you think? Probably mostly because it's LA. It's a pretty wide swath of of people. I mean, the music was very niche, right? Like Blake said, Mm. it was very much a group of artists from a very specific genre and even a very specific chunk of time of that genre, which I think is kind of where music festivals are going. But that's Mm. another point um but the crowd was very respectful we had no we had no issues at all besides getting there and being dead sober and as soon as people started you know touching you in the crowd like you know mm. it's crowded it's like oh i'm going to need alcohol yeah um, yeah but we had a great time i mean granted we got there at what 1 p.m. in the afternoon and it ended at 11 p.m. so it was what oh yeah it was an all day thing which definitely, I mean, Blake and I are, we, you know, we turned 40 last year. So, we were feeling it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but we had a great time. And so much so that we're going again this weekend.
3: Yeah, Golden Voice has these, it's every year, it's the, the, the next weekend is called Cruel World. And it's all bands that I bet, Fenton, you're going to want to go see this. Susie Sue is the headliner. Iggy oh. is my all-time favorite,
2: so I'm okay. really freaking out about that one. Right. Billy
3: Idol, The Human League, Love and Rockets, Echo and the Bunnymen, Adam oh. Ant, Modern English. The
1: Pop-Tarts, Benton <laughs> and Randy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know,
0: though, I love that sort of electro phase, of, like sort of electro-British pop in the mm, you know, late 70s, early 80s i guess abc
3: right? yeah. abc will be there oh, shoot that yeah. poison arrow Animotion. yeah
2: yeah this oh, is an emotion oh my this god festival, i'm i'm even more excited than last last weekend was really for blake this weekend's upcoming festival is really my sweet spot and um blake wasn't initially going to come but i've we had so much fun last weekend that he decided to um to get a ticket after all, but I've never seen Susie who's one of my favorites and I've never yeah. seen Evan the Bunnyman, who's also one of my all-time favorites. So I'm very excited. Um,
0: yeah. And it's called, yeah. is it called cruel world or cool world? Cruel cruel that's an interesting title for the genre is
1: is sparks gonna play they were a big 80s band for oh, me oh that would be sparks, so good. i love them i had such a crush on both of them and then who else my very first british pop uh concert that i went to in the 80s was haircut 100 Does oh, anybody girl. remember them yes oh my the God. cutest I had such a, uh, Nick Haywood. Nick Haywood, impure
0: thoughts about Nick Haywood. Oh my God, he was so
1: beautiful. Mm. I was just, I couldn't stop. He was my imaginary boyfriend all through high school.
0: Right.
1: All right, so that's Cruel World coming up. It's it's at the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. Blake, if you do it live on Instagram, I'll watch. If you just hold your phone up. Okay, I'll I'll get one of those.
3: I'll get one of those where it like sticks to my head or something. Yeah, GoPro
1: GoPro on your head. I will. I I would love that. All right.
2: All
0: right. That's coming up this weekend. Number eight. Number eight. We don't always talk about this, but this is so delicious and satisfying Uh and exciting. Okay. Um, Ever since I first kind of heard of Rudolph Giuliani as a district attorney of New York in the Mm -hmm. 80s, Mm -hmm. I thought the guy was a douchebag. Mm -hmm. I just had a bad feeling about him, even Mm -hmm. when he was busting white collar criminals on Wall Street. And so this week, I I actually laugh. It's not funny. Noel Dunphy has filed a 10 million, 70 page lawsuit against him. She was hired to work in his, um, that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity um, to work in his business development department, uh, person of one, Uh, she was going to be in charge of his business development, Um, annual salary of $1 million, of which it seems she didn't even ever receive a single dollar. (laughs) Very, very little.
3: Um,
0: And all he really wanted was sex and forced her to blow him while he was on the phone with Trump. Because oh. it made him feel like Clinton, um, you know. I, you probably all saw
1: the Sasha Baron Cohen Borat sequel. Oh, so good! It was so easy to get access to him, right. and he was just like, "It uh, that just looked like his regular mo." Like, okay, and, here we go. I mean, gonna... I
0: thought when that scene came out in the in the scene, he goes into a, a bedroom. Um, he thinks he's auditioning an actress or something Uh i can't quite remember the setup but Uh he goes into the bedroom and basically starts to undo his pants
1: yes he's he's posing as an eastern european reporter yes that's right oh and then he just goes into it's like he's on an atlantis cruise he goes right to his bed and starts unbuckling his pants like okay here here comes the party so you're saying that this woman is suing for not only past wages a million bucks that she hasn't received but having to blow this yeah, H-back. I mean,
0: repeatedly because this scene in the Sasha Baron Cohen thing was very much—it sounded like it was her job. Uh, on conference calls, he would tell her to take off her clothes. Um, I mean, I, I just went down a rabbit hole uh, finding all that, he would say things like "Stick it up your ass," "You're an effing slut," "You're my bitch." Oh my god! Um, oh my god. It Just That's absolutely so uh, stunningly repulsive. Uh, abusive um, behavior and um, oh this is he would also call her his daughter and his little girl Right. 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 Um, her other job apart from blowing him it appears was to provide him with uh, whiskey and alcohol at all times of the day and night that he was basically plastered the entire time Um, and you know what uh, You know, some of the coverage has been respectful in the sense of not going into all these details, and I was just like reading every article to get every possible detail. Um, But it's like you just know it's all true.
1: Oh yeah, what kind of receipts does she have? Does she have text messages? Does she have emails? She taped everything. But Ah! it's even better than
0: that. Ah! It's even better than that. She didn't tape him covertly. She didn't tape him without his permission. Yeah, it was an entrapment. She had his permission to film and tape everything because she was supposed to be part of a business development writing a book about him. (laughs) So
1: everything's on tape. All right. So, okay. So she has all that proof. She has the proof of the thing. His defense is going to go, why'd you continue to do it? Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. going to say they're good. That's what, that's what his defense is going to be. But I love that. It's like, it, he's, he's taken his legacy. Like I love that you said that he gave you the creeps from the beginning because everybody, you know, he was the nine eleven mayor. He cleaned up 42nd street and you know, I like walking through hell's kitchen without yeah. being knifed or, you know, but that kind of like sexy seedy thing of
2: New York City, I kind of,
1: kind of miss it a little bit. I'm sorry to say, well, but that's he, all
2: gone. He 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 also, I think, has the reputation for kind of decimating fun queer New York queer culture. Yep. Right? I mean, yeah. that's his yeah. legacy for sure. Yeah, one that most yeah. straight people have. You know. Yeah, he nope.
0: was—he was—he was an out-and-out fascist, basically. But he was also a narcissist, and doing it not because he believed in law and order, but because he believed, as so many fascists do, in personal advancement and amassing power. And just, uh, just, just speechless. But it's a very also. Sad he hasn't been on. paid
1: by Trump. Did you know that he hasn't been paid?
0: all ah, right. right. Well, that might yeah. explain why she didn't get paid her um one million dollars <laughs> annual. Didn't salary. trickle down.
1: Sorry. <laughs> something else did but that wasn't catch
0: so I know right watch mm-hmm. this space because I think there's going to be a lot more to come um, from that Blake have you got a question for us
3: I do I do what actress wore a wedding dress to her friend's wedding
0: uh. oh, right. teasing question we'll have the answer right after the break here on the wow report
1: it's a good one you're listening to world of wonders wow report that
0: makes us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton. Special lineup of guests this week. We've got Stephen Horbelt. We've got Blake. And we have Alec Mapa. It's
1: all for you, Damien.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so before the break, uh, Blake, you had a question for us.
3: I did. What actress wore a wedding dress to her friend's wedding?
0: I don't know. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up,
2: Susan.
1: Oh wow, it would have to be. Oh, I have no idea. You stump me. You stumped the stumper. I famous? feel like
2: there's got to be several that would pull something like that. But uh, I actress, but actress,
1: famous actress. There's no um, hint, huh? No. Well, okay, she's also ahead.
2: a director.
3: She um, she's a
2: director also. Is that what you said?
3: Mm-hmm. Sophia Coppola. Does nope. she count as
2: an actress for
3: no? Olivia Wilde. Oh, she wore it it was to uh, Colton Underwood's wedding.
0: Why did
1: she do that?
3: Why would you do that? I guess because she thinks it's a gay wedding, or I don't really understand what.
1: That's what. It's just. Does she not understand that it's somebody else's special day, and that she's already an actress? And a celebrity like, can you give somebody else the attention for one goddamn second?
3: <laughs> she she wrote on her Did Instagram that ever occurred to her. Wore a wedding dress to a wedding so I could make a joke about it in my toast.
2: All
0: right, well, at least, well, at least she was invited. We weren't invited, so. <laughs> uh,
1: that's 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 no, no, no. I mean, like Olivia, through. it's not your day. I would be. I have opinions about this. Oh, just yeah. that kind of like, I'm Asian, so we're all about consensus. Like, is this okay with you? Am I taking up too much space? Have I breathed your oxygen? I'm just asking if everybody else is okay. So to kind of hijack somebody's special day like that, it's, you know, when Olivia and I meet in person, we'll have a talk about it. Well, <laughs> Olivia
0: is a fervent devotee of this show, so mm-hmm. Alec will probably be having <laughs> a- all this a- was- out. A-
1: Olivia, oh, are we editing everything? Does everything... I can't like... like are you in bed with everybody, Fenton? <laughs> are you like...
3: That's the way to go, honey. Go to we bed have with to cut Rudy Giuliani story out, too. Right, right. Oh, my gosh,
1: because Rudy, Rudy Giuliani listens to the show, and he'll have something to say about all the texts. Okay. Let's
0: move on in our countdown to number seven. Oh, gosh, um... It's me, number seven. How about you? Oh my god! Another self-promotional opportunity. Wow. Um, well, you know, on um, Drag Race All Stars, they had uh, money, success, fame, glamour was the yeah, um, yeah, was the challenge, and so that gave us the crass idea to re-release the original track from nineteen hundred and eighty-eight or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's what we've done. Originally uh, produced by Charlie Roth. And Bill Coleman, you know Bill Coleman, um, who runs Peace Biscuit, manages Ultra Naté, was the man Mm -hmm. kind of really responsible for the discovery of um, Mm D-Light, and helped us out many, many times. He persuaded me and Randy to go back into the studio and record the vocals again. (gasps) No, it was awful. It was like Oh I shut up. Sing. No,
1: listen, I'm gonna stop you because I saw you guys perform back in the eighties. We both did no. a pride together on the pier. I was too shy to talk to anybody. I was part of no. a stand up group that included Leah Delaria and me and all those children. And the pop charts no. came out. You were both in shorts and yes. kind of like these cute little shirts, matching shirts. You were just adorable. And okay. you did you had choreography and everything, mm-hmm. so I was you were adorable.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, why were the vocals bad? You said the vocal you went back in oh, and it was. Honey, like-
0: I could never sing. I, I just like pra- practically turned out. And um, but the miracle now is that digitally you can sound like sure. a sort of
1: screaming sure. seagull.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. Or, strangled chicken, and it mm-hmm. comes out sounding fantastic. Yes. So I can finally sing thanks to the medical technology. Great. That's
1: great. Yeah,
0: so we have new mixes of Money, Success, <laughs> the Money Success Fame, Glamour um, produced by uh, uh, Bill Coleman, and um, mm-hmm. they are going to be uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music. That's all right, all this, is, this is
1: what we're going to do, Fenton. Yeah. This is the plan. Okay, we're going to relaunch the Pop-Tarts, but as an AI. Oh, like yeah, animation yeah, yes. so that you could see what you look like in the 80s and then we could do videos you can do endless things like Duran duran you know just kind of just relaunch them as this as this i love
0: that idea, yeah, I, I love and, that and, idea. and sort of
1: be reborn as the
0: twink i always wanted be to be
1: reborn <laughs> you're 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 a reborn ai twink
0: I love it. I love I it. I'm there already. There you you're okay. welcome, by
1: the way, for Thank that you. idea. Thank you. Thank you. I content by this afternoon.
0: Your check is in the mail.
3: You're
2: welcome.
3: Um, let's move on to number six.
0: Number six.
3: Um, very quickly, I just want to say, last night, Stephen and I watched the Anna Nicole documentary called Anna oh. Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me on Netflix. Um, I've always loved Anna Nicole... I don't know why she was always bubbly. I remember where I was the day she died. It was so sad. Um <clears throat> this documentary goes pretty in depth. I never some of the things I'd never I didn't even know like she OD'd right after the guests campaign and that's kind of what led to the downfall like William Morris dropping her and all that stuff. Mm. Um what she OD on? What was she taking? She had, what was it that she, she had well, some kind of surgery. Point- and she got her boobs done, And she got on pain pills and never got off of them. So well, at
2: one point, on someone yeah. that they interviewed gave the list of what she was taking. And it was at least seven different things. I mean, oh she God. was taking everything. And they basically said that once she started, she never stopped because she was addicted to, you know, opiates and you can't, you know, I, you can't I th- wasn't a
1: fan of the reality show because she was clearly altered the mm-hmm. entire time in the same way that I wasn't a fan of the Whitney Houston show because she looked mm-hmm. really messed up and clearly like as somebody who's led a knife, li- a nightlife, I've done a shit ton of drugs and alcohol, and whatever, like, watching that, it was just like, this isn't cute. It's like, this is, it This it felt exploitative. So, did it go into that about the people who are handling her? Did they disabuse it, her of a lot of things?
3: Of, it sort of did, but it kind of painted them as, like, enablers to where, like, Anna Nicole was like, if you don't do this for me, then I'll find someone who will, and cut you out, you know? It also explained a lot of, like, what happened after her death with like the paternity of Danny Lynn. Mm. Remember when she moved to the Bahamas and no one really understood why. And then after the death, there was who was the baby's daddy? Was it Howard K. Stern or was it. Um, right. Burkhead. Well, it was, she moved. She wanted to get pregnant and didn't really care who it was by. And she kind of picked Burkhead. And. It was supposed to be an agreement that he was, you know, not going to fight her for custody or whatever. Well, he ended up wanting custody, and she found out if she moved to the Bahamas, whoever signs the birth certificate is the father. So she flew there and had Howard K. Stern sign it, and that's why it was in the Bahamas.
1: I'm curious about what were the revelations for you, for you both, on this on this documentary, because I just watched the Brooke Shields one
3: on uh-huh. Hulu, which yes, was fantastic.
1: Baby. About yeah, kind of like one. it revealed her intellect, her experience of being a child with a mother who controlled everything, and now being a grown woman who's like, it's almost reframing that entire narrative. Was it like that?
2: Well, I guess the, they were revelations, but I think around Anna Nicole, there's so much that people. We saw it happening in real time, but didn't understand Mm -hmm. why. Mm Right. And I think, you know, this is very much trying to explain, like, what was, you know, the reasoning behind all of these. For me, though, and I don't know if this is such a revelation either. I mean, everyone knows that she's gorgeous. But Mm -hmm. I think seeing all of this footage of her so long after she's, you know, no longer with us, Mm -hmm. it really, like, she was dropped, like, so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And you know, towards the end of her life she was such a mess and it was so it was it was amazing to see this really old footage of her where she wasn't kind of tainted by a drug addiction yet mm-hmm. footage when she was very young um and yeah she it was yeah it's it made it was just all the more sad re- remembering right. how you know how gorgeous she was and um and then obviously seeing what you know eventually happened have you I seen see the so pamela
1: anderson documentary
2: i have yeah that's I really fantastic that yeah. yeah yeah that's the same
1: thing about like how she had this beauty that was her currency and then what do you do when that currency runs out when you're not the girl of the moment what kind of resources do you have left and it doesn't sound as if anna nicole had any resources on her own you know to mm. kind of you know, the mm-hmm. intellect or the know-how to kind of like fish yourself right. out of,
3: you know, yep. it's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, but she is it's endlessly fascinating and definitely sort of legendary. So I think it'll do really well. And that's, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. What's it called, Blake?
3: It is called Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me. All
0: right. Mm. All right. You don't know me. Mm.
3: <laughs>
1: now, Alec Mapa, you're someone we don't know. And you're yeah. at number five. Number five. I'm, I'm an enigma wrapped in an onion. What? what, 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 what? You,
0: well, I thought you might want to talk about your new season of.
1: Oh, I, I'm ent- while you're out at work or you're, you, you're going on a date and the, you've left the kids at home. I'm entertaining them on Disney Plus. I am uh, uh, premiering in my second season of The Villains of Valley View, where I play uh, Principal Tennyson. And at the high school that the kids go to, they're basically supervillains who are hiding out in suburban. Uh, They're like the Incredibles, but they're all bad guys. And I'm the Mrs. Kravitz of the show. (laughs) Uh, Remember on Bewitched, there was always the nosy neighbor. Like, there's Samantha, the Stevens are up to something. Like, I'm the Charles Nelson Riley Uncle Arthur (laughs) character of the show, who is just, he's amoral and awful and so much fun to play And um, I I found my calling. If you want to overact for a living, get onto a Disney sitcom. It's it's heaven. Do
0: you like playing villains most of all?
1: Is that I love it. Yeah, Hmm. because the villain. The great thing about a villain is you're playing somebody who just never gets what they want. They want it so badly. And so when they get closer to getting what they want, they're gleeful. Oh, my God, I'm so close. And it's just like I always play villains as like, oh, this is so much fun. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get what I want. And they never do. So it's. uh, I think everybody can relate to that. (laughs) And and villains always, they're never at a loss for words. So it's great.
0: Disney villains always seem to be very gay and flamboyant yeah, yeah. and fabulous. So and that's,
1: that's me. I'm the Disney villain of that show. <laughs> and the thing is, like, the whole premise of the show is they are villains who are trying to become good people. By hiding out in the suburbia, they are trying to become, they're discovering the moral universe and ethics and doing the right thing. And that's the struggle. But they're also surrounded by terrible people. And I'm one of the terrible people. Like, I'm the bad example. Oh, don't be like that guy.
3: But <laughs> so did you have to audition? No. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, they knew I was evil from the beginning. So it's great. And uh, we just filmed the Christmas episode. Uh, and uh, somebody refers to me, like, I think they're a villain. So I think season three, you might find out that I might be a villain. Who knows? But it premieres June fifteenth on the Disney Channel and Disney Plus. And you can Fantastic. watch the first season. They're both available now on those on those uh well, you,
0: platforms. You're such a talented actor. It's always a delight to watch you. It really is. Oh, thank so, you. Awesome. Thank so you so brilliant. much. Hmm. Thank you. Um, Blake, you'll have to cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all, right, well, all right, let's take one more break. Have you got a question, Blake?
3: No, I- Um, This one isn't a real question, Um, but this past Tuesday, two men were swarmed by bees in Encino, just outside of Los Angeles, sending one of them to the hospital. And I'll tell you why there are more bees in our area this year and what you can do if you're caught in a swarm after the break.
0: All right. I wish I had a pun ready for like some sort of, oh, we'll buzz right back or something. I don't know. Be ready yeah be ready thank you be ready we'll be right back with all
1: the buzz (laughs) there you go you're listening to world of wonders wow report things that make us go wow
0: and welcome back to the Wow report fenton here with alec stephen blake and a breaking news update about bees Yeah. yeah
3: um It's not really a trivia question I had, but a a couple of guys got swarmed by bees in in Encino, which is just outside of Los Angeles. Now, do you guys know why there are so many bees this year?
1: Uh, The Does it have anything to do with the rain?
3: There you go. That has
1: produced all the flowers.
3: Exactly. So, okay,
1: okay. Well, there you go. I know a thing or two about a thing or two.
3: There you go. And you know, if you get caught in a swarm, um, don't Run around in circles and flail your arms. You're supposed to immediately go inside or try to get into a car, and don't kill the <laughs> so swarm. You're trapped with bees in your car because that's no, what you
1: no, want. no. Really, is there is there a procedure to like if you're caught in a swarm? What you're supposed yeah. to do? Just get away and get into get a in car.
0: In fact, yeah. on the tape, I was watching the tape of this very incident, and the guy tried to get into a car, but it seemed like the people inside the car wouldn't open the door. <laughs>
3: yeah. Smart people. This also says if you get stung, you want to scratch it out with a fingernail instead of pinching the venom into you. Okay. So I guess right. scratch it instead of pinching
1: Okay. It. I have a bee story that I'd like to share really, really quickly. There was a tree that was on my property, but it's in the back of a fence, so it was in somebody else's yard. There's a big beehive in there, and they wanted to get rid of the tree because there were kids back there. They had little babies, so I said, all right. So my husband and I, what was the guy, the hot guy who used to live? Hot Josh lived uh, on the corner next to me. So we had, I had to walk around the corner while the bees were being taken down the hive. One of the bees followed me back to my house was so angry about it, followed me. Hot Josh, my neighbor, that's what we call him, big guy. He always wears sweatpants and no underwear. You do the math. So I'm in front of Hot Josh, and he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, we're having a high removed. A bee bit me on the eye, just like Matthew Broderick in Election and I was trying to look all cute in front of Hot Josh while my eye is swelling up and while I'm in pain in front of him. And he was like, dude, did, some, did a bee just bite you in the eye? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like pull the bee out, my, out of my eye. And so it's like any chance of me getting together with Hot Josh was ruined
2: by a bee. And you know that when a bee stings you, it dies. Mm. So that- that poor bee lost its life so that you could um...
1: Lo- lost its life. Cock blocked well, me and then lost its yeah. <laughs> life, which I think is a fair exchange. It's like that's what you get.
3: <laughs> well, get all the tea on bees and the Emmy award-winning documentary "The Last Beekeeper" on Wapsis Plus.
1: Oh, good. good. Oh, that's good. That. Did you see that? That's yeah. like silk um, off a spool. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: number four. Number four. This is a quick, a a very quick, tiny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You ever go to a hotel and you go in the shower and there's three bottles. There's the body wash, there's the shampoo and the conditioner. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, but I look on the, the print is too small to read and you're naked in the shower. And which one do you use? And I I was made aware of – I I thought it was just me and my Mm. agingness. Mm -hmm. But this is a big issue. All right. So 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 what what do you do?
1: Uh, Do you just hold it up? I'm nearsighted and I have astigmatism. So I can't bring my cheaters into the shower. I just have to look at it really close. Is that what you do?
0: I did this. Like I did the pinhole thing. Mm -hmm. And that didn't Mm -hmm. work. So now what I do is I go in and I put the shampoo in a separate place, so I know that that's the shampoo. Right. Except right. then I get modeled up, and I'm like, "Well, did I? Is that the body wash or is that the shampoo? Which one did I put?" Okay.
1: So, why didn't they just print it big, bigly? This is this is literally <laughs> a white lady problem. Hashtag I, white lady problems. This is yeah. like. You know, in the finer hotels, you will get <laughs> lotion, shampoo, conditioner. Anybody who's staying at a, a, a day's in or day suite by the airport will not have this problem. But well, um, I'm going to treat it as a legitimate problem because I don't want to invalidate your experience. Well, um,
3: and you know, they make three-in-ones for people like you, mm-hmm. where you can have body wash, face shampoo, wash, and shampoo all in one.
1: Well, and and, a, really and nice. a mouthwash, no self <laughs>
3: respecting queer man would
2: use a three in one, and, and a dessert
1: topping. It's like it's all in one, it's like,
2: and a lube, and a lube, yeah.
1: and a lube.
0: Well, that's it, that's all. I just, you know, my plea to the shampoo makers uh, make
1: the print bigger on the shampoo, everybody. Please. Just yeah. do it. I'm just the victim here, yeah. No, like <laughs> no, you're the victim here, you're the wronged party. I agree. Yeah. My so. client had suffered. Uh, their emotional suffering during his vacation and spent a great deal of money and would like a full refund plus emotional damages. How about a giant S, a C, and then a W for, the bo- for those things, for the body wash? Well, I
0: suppose, yes, yes, that, that would, would work. work. That would C, work.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. That would work. All right, moving so on. Solving problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're doing the Lord's work today, you guys. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but we are literally saving the world. So, mm-hmm. give yourselves a big pat on the back.
3: <laughs> well, speaking of people saving the world, um, this one's super quick, too. Number three. Number three. Steven showed me this video last night. of It's like this Nazi rally in D.C. or something. And this guy wheels up on a bike, and he just starts screaming dumb things. So that, What does he say? He sounds kind of gay, which is fun, the funny part of it. Right, and right. He's like... None of your pants match. You bought your yeah. khakis from well, Walmart. Yeah, you wear
2: Walmart khakis is my favorite. Um,
1: so wait, was he, in, was he dressed in Nazi garb as well?
2: No, no. He's a a protester. Okay, okay, okay. And, and he, he would just, just let them have it. Yeah.
1: He was and heckling I'll, Nazis sartorially. I, asked, I love that. The he Nazi also,
2: heckler. I think at one point he was screaming at them, "Show your face, losers!" Because of course they were all masked up. None of oh, them. Oh yeah, were, that's so, so cowardly. That's so cowardly. At one point, he 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 said they were reclaiming their virginity. He called them incels. Um, <laughs> but it's it really is it it will convince you that you know maybe uh, we're not all going to hell in a handbasket. There are still good people out there. It mm-hmm. was. It was so funny. This guy is my new favorite queer icon. I let mm. him know. He was tagged in in a comment. They found who he was. Fabulous. And um, yeah, I let him know that he's he is my my favorite person of the week. It's really, really funny. Let's give him I'm a shout-out.
1: What's his name? What's his name?
2: Absolutely. Uh let me try and find it.
1: Mel Brooks famously said during the producers, you know, uh, how could you? put Nazis in a musical how could you do a, a movie about making fun of Hitler and he goes Hitler was so awful the only way you could disarm him is by mocking him
0: mm-hmm. the
1: only the only victory we could have over this evil person a uh, past present or future is by mocking them it's like it's and for this guy to take the wind out of the sails of these Nazis is brilliant that's yeah. that's just the the most powerful thing any of us could ever do
2: i agree and it's also worth saying um the police had cordoned off the area around the nazis that were protesting and so there's a policeman kind of keeping him you know at a safe distance and so his name is joe flood i found him j-o-e-f-l-o-o-d that's Mm -hmm. his uh his instagram handle so everyone can go find him i did notice that within a day i think his instagram followers went from maybe 1500 to close to 10,000 now so wow. people are watching the video and are kind of you know giving him his flowers but he said at one point that the police officer who was holding him back couldn't hold it back and was also laughing at all of these things <laughs> that <he was> <laughs> you know that thing of gives me a little bit of hope too right um yeah, they don't yeah. always connote you know the police police with um the right side of things so I thought that was great too but um Definitely worth finding this video. I think... Um, I'll, I'll post yeah. it on The lower Report. It's the way That'd to go.
1: I mean, there were protesters outside of DragCon. And, yep. uh, you know, everybody vogued in front of them. Everybody twerked in front of them. Uh, there was a guy dressed as Jesus who was, uh, who was there for the human rights campaign, holding a sign that trans people belong. Drag is not a crime. So Jesus went out. And this guy was hot. He was like hot, sexy Jesus. He went out and posed with them and said, "You guys got are getting all of this wrong." So the only way the, is to mock these people. Yeah, is you know if they're they're bananas and to wear a mask. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to be a hateful person, own it. Yeah, own right. it. Yeah. take off your freaking mask. If You're part of the KKK. Let everybody know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, resistor of the week, Joe Flood. Yeah, we'll post the link on the wire report. Mm-hmm. Number two, something totally different.
3: Number two,
0: Alec, I saw an Instagram uh, comment from you on on uh, on the cover of uh, Architectural Digest this month.
1: Yes. Oh, Architectural Digest has posted RuPaul's house, a RuPaul's house tour. And then RuPaul posted on their Instagram the picture of him in front of the house. And so my comment was I've just invited myself over for game night lock your medicine cabinet <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's good one. it is a stunning uh, house isn't the word i would use i would say
1: sort of mansion or palace i would say the palace really. it's, so it's so beautiful gorgeous it's so beautiful on oh, the the exterior is kind of like plain it's very plain white but inside it's filled with color And a lot of orange and a lot of pattern and a lot of what you would expect from somebody who often says they they love every single crayon in the crayon box. Yeah. And uh, he says in the YouTube video uh, that his dressing room is his favorite room. It has all of the drag in it. It's like it's a drag archive. Oh, my God. It is. It is Barbie's dream house. uh, If Barbie were RuPaul it's it's i want i want the dream house version of that that's another product you could sell in world of wonder the rupaul dream house to go along with the rupaul there you go. Doll. Oh, that's a
0: good idea or do yeah, a right. lego version of it or you're, something. Welcome. Yeah.
1: you're welcome again. um yeah it's,
0: thank you it's getting so mm-hmm. much good ideas from you. i know i know i know i love the the is it the dining room with like i don't know how many massive disco mirror
3: balls 26 mirror so balls was, I,
2: I was going to say, that was my favorite room. It's like the daytime Mm -hmm. disco party uh, party Mm -hmm. room, right? And, yeah, Mm -hmm. he said 26, I think, disco balls. 26 Um, disco balls. Amazing. And amazing black-and-white photography on all of the walls in that room. That was my – and a beautiful fireplace also. That was my favorite room for sure. Okay,
1: you guys, the La Coruna oven, the Italian oven. Yep,
2: the orange oven. The orange oven. Mm -hmm. beautiful – I, of,
1: even I have the knockoff <laughs> version in my kitchen. It's red. I don't know if
2: you oh, can see, see it. it. Oh, I that love that. It's I love red. That.
1: Well, the dish rag is like, but it's red, but it's it's not La Coruna. I think it's um uh, La Tuna or something. La Tuna canadian. It It's like the easy a, bake version. It's kind of it's, it, it's, it's powered by a light bulb. That's, 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 <laughs> that's what you get. That's what I get on, on my current salary at Disney. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well,
0: let's all hope we get invited over. Um you haven't been to the house? No, I've just seen the photos. I mean, you know, how can it be better in person than in the how photos because it, it's
1: Instagram me. perfect, isn't it? I mean, it just looks. The office, gorgeous. that office, the working office with the mm. with a he has like a a meeting desk in the working office and mm. little desks at the side. Beautiful.
0: I'll be like, "Rue, we need to have a meeting immediately."
1: Beautiful immediately. Yeah. yeah, at your workspace.
0: Yeah. All right, one more break and then very excited. Stephen, you've been so patient. We're going to reveal the number one thing this week that made us go wow. And baby, it's you, (gasps) Stephen. So excited. I'm honored. Come back after the break and find out why.
1: You're listening to World of Wonders, Wow Report
0: things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Alec and Blake. And ta da,
2: who is this week's number one. Number one.
0: Because. Thank you so much.
1: Number one.
2: I'm very excited to announce that I am staging my very first art show. I am not an artist by trade, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked in queer media for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but right before the pandemic, I decided that I wanted to kind of try my hand at something um, to kind of, you know, occupy my mind and and my hands. And so mm-hmm. I decided that I wanted to try out um, little embroidery pieces, right? And so I would, I bought um, or I had bought for me actually. I asked for Christmas um, for these little, you know, dinky little kits um, to make. Uh, to make your own um, embroidery pieces and I still have the very first one I ever made which was a cactus in a plant in a pot Um, but then I I, but I also didn't know that we were all going to be put under a two-year pandemic lockdown Mm -hmm. and so I found myself wanting to kind of do larger more interesting pieces and then I figured out that I wasn't able to kind of find kits and patterns for the pieces that I thought were interesting. Mm. And so I kind of took it upon myself to, uh, I, I guess, think outside the box a bit. And um, yeah. And I started working on larger, more intricate pieces. And um,
1: when and, you yeah. say embroidery, I'm in, I'm picturing samplers, but you're, you're saying it's a bigger medium than that. Like the spaces are all filled in. Are they multicolored?
2: Yes. So um, it's a couple different formats of kind of embroidery. So Mm -hmm. some of it I would call more like almost thread painting, right? Where you're kind of painting an image with thread instead of paint. Um, And then others are technically a cross stitch, right? So you're kind of creating an image out of really tiny uh, cross shaped stitches. Wow. Wow. Yeah, um, And you
1: know how to do that. You know how to, like, uh, assemble all the colors so that they... It's, it's almost like a pointillist thing where you're like... Yeah, uh, it's very yeah, much like
2: pointillism, yeah, yes, yeah. which I've always been um, a huge fan of. So studying art, um, you know, in elementary school through high school and college, um, Sarah, who's yeah, famous... So you're the George
0: Sarah of, of embroidery. <laughs> Did you um, ever have any idea that this was your thing? Did you, as a kid, have a yen to do it? Because the talent is... Amazing! Like, one of my favorite pieces, as I think you know, is this maple fork photograph of a crotch, sort of SM leather. Oh, and my Steve God. And Stephen's created this massive embroidery piece that is so beautiful. It's just so outrageous on the one hand, that it's this sort of SM thing, but then it's embroidered. It's like this. So beautiful. I love the
1: mixture of this wholesome kind of thing yeah. with doing a homoerotic version of that. That's super interesting. Now yeah. I heard you say Maplethorpe. Is it that famous one of the black gentleman with his penis sticking out of his trousers?
2: It's you not. Know, it's you all not, know what I'm
1: talking about, right? I do know you do.
2: exactly the image Yeah. Europe. And, um, Yeah. That Maplethorpe piece is, um, I think the piece I'm most proud of, it took about 18 months. It's probably more than 150,000 individual stitches. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, there's probably a few drops of blood from needle pricks in that piece, too, um, which I think Mablethorpe would probably like. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's it's a recreation of a famous Mablethorpe photo called Leather Crotch. Yeah. Um, Like you said, it's an S&M kind of... But I think, but both of you kind of nailed it, what I'm going for, which is this idea of kind of subverting a, the subject matter, right? So yeah. this Maplethorpe image. I have a lot of um, uh, Tom of Finland I was about pieces, to say. right? So these Leather Daddies, but they're done in what is kind of stereotypically this very feminine form, art form, art medium. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I love that kind of juxtaposition. Um, I also <clears throat> have a few, have a, a little mini series of, Dante's Inferno has always been my favorite piece of literature. I studied Mm -hmm. it in high school and in college. And um, so I've recreated a few maps, map diagrams of Dante's Inferno. The Ninth Circle. Yep. Yep. I think that's about where our country is right about now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, um, I had no idea that it would turn into kind of this thing that I do every day while I'm sitting on the couch watching television um, but it's proven to be very meditative. It mm-hmm. keeps me from yelling at people on Twitter, which I think is um, you know, that that I what disabled
1: my account. I couldn't take it anymore. It's just so sad.
2: Smart,
1: Where can so, we um, see the where can we see yeah. your art? Is there oh, a site? Thursday. What, what, we're what,
0: having an yeah. opening at the World of Wonder gallery next okay. Thursday. Next um, Thursday. Yeah. And everybody's welcome. RSVB at events at worldofwonder.net. Oh um,
2: wow! Do. Yeah. There will be, I think it's going to be twenty-six pieces, um, all of which will be for sale, um, ranging a wide range of price points. Um, but yeah, everyone, please come. Um, I'm thrilled to kind of, you know, have this air of legitimacy around what i what i do on the couch every night i think it's
1: so exciting i want to see the maplethorpe because i it's it's like this is like you've opened a can of worms in terms of this media i mean Mm. you could go anywhere i'm thinking of the maplethorpe uh portrait that self-portrait he did with a bullwhip up his butt where he's looking back at the camera but um i also like the subversion of norman rockwell like taking all of the Norman Rockwell stuff and making that homoerotic or same-sex, yeah. like this wholesome Americana, and just kind of like reframing it through the, mm-hmm. through the queer lens, I think would be really exciting.
0: Well, come yeah. on down to the WOW Gallery next Thursday. That would be great. Sounds and um, Alec, if you're at a loose end on Saturday, come to the WOW Gallery as well, because mm. the Teletubbies are in person doing a pop-up. Um, they, they've turned the World well, Wonder Gallery into to, Teletubby land. And um, it's quite spectacular. Oh, and
3: my gosh.
0: There's nothing better than a Teletubby out.
1: June outro. when? June, June?
3: No, it's this weekend. It looks like it's, it's this weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow.
1: Yeah. All right. We should also yeah. mention that uh, uh, Don't Fuck It Up is uh, being released June 6th. The uh, the actual book you can pre order that on Amazon and the audio book will be coming out at that time as well read by me. I love, love it. it.
0: Well, that's all we got time for this week. Aww, um, it goes
1: by so fast.
0: I know. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Alec. Thank You're you, Stephen. Uh, good luck uh, next week. And thank, thank you, thank you so Blake. Um, hmm. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world
1: go. Wow.